Let us pray. Loving God, show us your truth and guide us in your pathways this day and always. Amen. We know well the experience of saying, a part of me wants to do X, but another part really wants to do that other thing. A part of me wants to go out to the party tonight. Another part really wants to stay home. In recent years, I've become an amateur practitioner of something called internal family systems, developed over the past 40 years by psychologist Dick Schwartz. Internal family systems, IFS, has gained significant respect in the therapeutic world. One may see in it elements of Jungian psychology, family systems therapy, and Zen Buddhism. The underlying premise is that each of us is indeed comprised or populated with many parts. It's as if there really is a Ledley within who wants to go to the party and another Ledley within who wants to stay home and a host of other little Ledleys as well, each of whom has their own perspectives and inclinations. At times, we may be overtaken by a part with Feelings of insecurity or anxiety or fury. I was beside myself, we might say. As we cultivate a practice of attentiveness, awareness, we may increase our capacity to live in and from a state of true self. Visualize your conscious mind as your living room with a basement beneath some part of you may be occupying the living room. Right now, part of you may be leaning in, thinking, this is fascinating, tell me more about this IFS. Another part has arms crossed, feelings, and pretty skeptical. Yet another part is wondering if or when I'm going to mention Jesus. All these parts of you chiming in. As we come to recognize and know the different parts of ourselves, we will become increasingly conscious of our true self, who is the one seeing, recognizing, managing the space in the living room. And as we get to know our parts, it is vital to approach each one with a spirit of curiosity and compassion, eager to get to know them, especially those parts that make us feel uncomfortable or ashamed. Most of our parts were formed when we were very young, and many of them are still very young, little boys or girls. And early on, some of our parts learned that it was unsafe for them to show their faces. Other parts were deemed bad and banished. Some have not seen the light of day for many years. They're in need of recognition and healing to be brought into the fold for the well-being, integrity, and wholeness of our souls. It's through this lens that I invite us to hear the words of the prophet Amos. His witness is powerful, memorable, in part because it is simple. Amos simply holds up a plumb line, a string, with a weight on the bottom. It's a measuring tool used by masons and builders since 
oh, since the beginning of time, to ensure that the wall, column, or foundation is not leaning one way or t'other, to ensure that it is plumb. With this simple tool, there's no room for negotiation, no need for judgment or explanation. The wall or building next to which the line is held is either plumb or not plumb. So Amos does not need to be a sophisticated philosopher, theologian, or tactician. Indeed, he's a herdsman, a dresser of sycamore trees. Scholar Walter Brueggemann describes Amos and his ilk as uncredentialed authoritative speakers. He's a truth teller. Much as we value truth, truth can have the disconcerting effect of revealing our hypocrisies, our little lies and accommodations, the truths like a plumb line, hold us accountable. Next to what construct did Amos hold his plumb line? This too we can treat simply. All we really need to know is that in those days, the 8th century before the Christian era, the ruler at the time was a man named Jeroboam, and as with all rulers, Jeroboam exercised leadership in a manner that, well, served the people and served his interests and suited him quite well. Not outrageously corrupt, but, you know, a, a little extra here and there. And with orders of state, Jeroboam had a high priest, Amaziah who served to legitimize Jeroboam's authority and reign with rituals and dignity. It was a, a comfortable arrangement for a certain discreet segment of the population. Until this little uncredentialed authoritative tree-hugging prophet showed up with his plumb line, then all could see who was benefiting from the current arrangement and who was not. And lest there be any misunderstanding about the claim Amos' presence made upon the people of God, in addition to his plumb line, Amos is best remembered for proclaiming, let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. His was a plumb line adhering not only to the laws of gravity, but more importantly, to the laws of God's truth, of justice, of righteousness, which here means right living with integrity. The beauty is that with this metaphor, Amos has provided us with a tool that even a child can use with great effect. Anyone can hold up a plumb line. Shane Claiborne, a colleague in Philadelphia and leader in the new monasticism movement, is fond of asking, what if Jesus really meant the things he said? You know, about giving away all that you have to the poor, forgiving your enemies, things like that. 
or another colleague, Jane Cosby, an elderly African-American leader in the Philadelphia diocese, often looked around at the beginning of a meeting and wondered aloud, well, let's see who's not at the table today. Or years ago when my son was a wee five-year-old walking along the city street with his hand tucked in mine, we passed a man on the sidewalk holding up a plaintive cup. And for whatever reason, I chose that day to stride right by purposefully. And Nick looked from the man up to me, silently inquiring, really? You're, you're going to walk right by? We can hold the plumb line up to up next to all manner of political or ecclesiastical constructs, but we can also pay attention internally. Recognize that we each have our internal Jeroboam, the part that has established order, equilibrium, a little hierarchy to make choices, ensure efficiency, some comfort, and our internal Amaziah, the priestly part that tends to the personal stories that justify and maintain our routines, our little rituals, our ways of doing things. And then the internal Amos, the little girl or boy whose presence recalls us to the truth, perhaps the truth we've known all along. I think it fair to say that, try as we might, the Jeroboams and the Amaziahs hold sway most of the time. At least that's so in the stories of Scripture. The prophetic truth-tellers arrive on the scene in response to a crisis. That or their presence prompts a crisis. Time and again, the internal Amos recalls to us the way of truth and integrity. Another detail I've not yet mentioned, the prophets, they're sent from God. Internally, this is that part deep within you in touch with the holy, who bears the light not only of truth, but also the light of your belovedness as a child of God. As the psalmist recognizes in song to God, you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You trace my journeys and are acquainted with all my ways. There is a part within who knows the truth, the right, the good, who from time to time may speak with clarity. Ledley, this is the way, this is the path to take today. More often than not, I can see the truth when it comes in the form of a question. And I recognize that the question is often some version of the questions posed in our baptismal covenant. 
During our courtyard worship today, we're baptizing four beautiful, beloved children. And in baptism, we bestow gifts of the Spirit, the promise of forgiveness, hope, eternal life. And we invite those baptized into a vowed life, a life defined by relationship with God and one another. We do this in part by offering questions to live by, questions that serve as internal plumb line, that shape our lives. Let us now renew our baptismal covenant. As we do, I invite you to receive these questions as if sent to you from God by way of some uncredentialed little truth-teller holding up a plumb line, not in judgment, not seeking explanation, simply wondering, how are you doing this? We cannot attend to all of the questions in one hearing, so I invite you to notice whichever one captures your attention today. Notice, receive it as an invitation. Wonder what it means for you today this week, with the choices before you now. Trust and believe that the Holy Spirit of God is guiding you along the way. So, dear ones, will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? I will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will, with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will, with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and dignity among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will, with God's help. Will you cherish the wondrous works of God and protect the beauty and integrity of all creation? I will, with God's help. Amen. So be it.